I'm wondering how far to go. Hey, I want to I wanna share something with you. And I'm, I just, I'm just really full of the Lord this morning. Um, he's, he's just moving. It's, it's amazing. But um, this week I had a, uh, a wonderful encounter. And it's Ron, right? That's right. With, with the guy sitting in the back. His name is Ron. And this morning I'm like, it's Ron, right? I, I met a few people this week. But this one was really, ex- really ex- uh, something special. A few months back, God started stirring on Ron's heart um, this vision. And, and I'm, I'm probably going to get it a little wrong, but I'm going to give you my interpretation of it. He came and shared this vision. And, and um, he, it's a ministry, but it's, it's, more, than, it's, it's, it's more than a ministry. Um, could, could you bring me up one of your hats? That would be great. Thanks, Ron. So God gave him this vision of, of putting something out to the people that would be in front of their eyes that would start a conversation and start a thinking process. And as we, sa- we sat here, I listened to this, and I've, I've never met him. He lives up here now. And uh, I just, I began to get really excited about what he's doing. And... Um, the conversation in our nation needs to change. Okay? It needs to change. And I have the conversation that still needs to be changed, and I, I need to work on that because we're having a conversation in this nation about who, whether or not Trump is a good president. Okay? And as Christians, that conversation is dwarfing out more important conversations. We're having a conversation of whether or not we should have a wall at our southern border. And that conversation is dwarfing out more important conversations. I'm not saying we can't have an opinion. That's not what I'm saying is, is that we've allowed conversations as Christians, as believers, to dwarf a more important conversation. Now, there is a hat. And, and I, I, I'm not ashamed to say, I, I, I think Trump has done uh, a pretty good job, personally. Uh, I don't think he's a moral man. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think he's a moral. Uh, he was a moral man. He might be now. I don't think he was. I don't stand anywhere and say Trump is the savior. He's a man who I believe God has put in here for the right place. But did you know that God put Obama into office? And bo- God put Clinton into office? The Bible says that there's not a ruler in a place, in a place of leadership, that was not put there. And I don't even understand that. That means Hitler somehow was there under the providence of God. We're not going to go there. But the Bible says that. And I'm like, whoa, some of these things, I'll just tell you, like, that freaks me out. Okay, so Trump had this slogan, which is a great slogan, and it's now become a conversation piece that's a, a horrible conversation piece, which is stupid. Because don't we want to make America great? Yes. Why has that become a dividing thing? I think it's dumb because America should be great. But that has become a dividing line. So, so this is not about politics, but this is the conversation, right? So we've seen people actually get beat up for wearing a mega hat. Okay, we've also seen people get beat up for other reasons by conservative people. It's all wrong. The vision that, that God has given Ron is to not make America great again, but to make America godly again. That's a better conversation to have. 
That's the conversation that believers need to have. And we need to let, you know what, vote, get people to vote, yes. There's a lot of things that, that are coming up on ballots that are, I believe, horrible for this nation. I'm not saying don't be involved. But this is a more important conversation. Because I tell you, when America is godly, the majority of the things that we're worrying about will go away. It's about making America godly. Now, he has had amazing opportunities just by wearing his hat. And I, I, start, I wore mine all last week. And, um, I mean, I, I bought one because I'm like, I like this. But he's had some amazing, he just wears it, Costco, wherever he goes. People, people make little comments or big comments. Some people just comment. That's what happened with me. I really like your hat. It stops people. I'm wondering if this was read if I'd get beat up for wearing it because they might not read it all the way and they're wondering, are you one of them? Yeah, I am one of them. I think we should make America godly again. Okay? So God has given him a vision that's way bigger than, than, than I, mean, I think this is awesome. God is putting on his heart he, to get a motorhome, an RV, and wrap it. You know, with those special wraps, like, you, you know, like an advertising wrap, with a cool picture on it that says, Make America Godly Again. He's got shirts and hats for people to start a conversation. In this, so these hats are available. Okay, if you want a hat, if you want a shirt, the idea is that you wear it and then be willing to have a conversation with people. Hey, I really like your hat. What does it mean? Let me tell you. We don't need a new, better politician. We need a nation of godly people. The Scripture, Chronicle seven, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves before me and pray, turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal, heal their land. Okay? That's what we need. We need to be a people who would humble themselves, seek God, turn from wicked ways, and become godly again. So um, I just I told them, come. If, you, if anyone wants to buy a hat, the hats are 20 bucks. In fact, here's what I'm going to do. They're 15. They're 15. I'm going to offset, personally, offset every hat that gets sold so that you can have them for 15. The shirts are also 15, 20. Because shirts are 15. He's going to let me know how many they sell. And I mean, we're, we're, I'm going to make up the difference. So if you want a hat or a shirt. But I'm going to tell here's the deal. You cannot get this and this put it in a drawer. And don't put this on a shelf. Wear it. Start a conversation. And, and one of the things we talked about, I don't know if he's going to listen to me. I have a lot of opinions. My opinions are usually like armpits. I always have a couple of them and they usually stink. But I told him on his website, which he has, he should have training videos of how to share your faith and how to do it effectively, how to have a conversation. The big thing is, if you, if you get something like this and you start the conversation, avoid the pol politic conversation. Just avoid it. Well, what do you think about Trump? Do you think he's godly? You know what? I think God is the representation of what we're supposed to follow. I'm not talking about a man. I got my opinion. You got yours. It doesn't matter. But I think if this nation became a godly nation... There would be more love. There'd be more care. There'd be more service. There'd be less crime, less drugs, less immorality, less porn, less divorce. Those are all good things. Can we agree on that? Absolutely. Let's make America godly again. So if you want, see him after that, and he'll tell you more of his story. And I appreciate you coming out this morning, Ron. Amen. Let's, I want to live in a godly nation. But here's the deal. How about this? Let's be godly in the nation we live. Okay? And that's the message. Let's be godly in the nation we live because the truth is this nation may never be godly again.
We don't know. We don't know what, what, this, what, what God has for this nation. When you read the, the scriptures, or the prophetic scriptures and the end time scriptures, the West is really obscure in there. If it's in there at all, I don't see a lot of mention of the United States. Obviously, it didn't exist at the time. But even people read, they go, I just don't know if that exists in the end times. We don't know if this nation will continue to be a beacon or not. It's amazing that God has done so much to this nation. This nation sends more financial aid and missionaries around the world than any other nation in the world. This nation has done a lot, but we are declining. So this nation may never, truly may never be godly again. But I can look into this room and I can say, but we can have 80 godly people in this nation. And those godly people will make a difference in their work and in their family, in their neighborhoods, in their communities. And maybe there's somebody here or in another church that a message similar like this is being preached today who maybe will be an influence in politics or in, corporate, or, or in the corporate scheme. Because, but it starts with me. We're having a conversation. I, I, maybe I'm just going to go here and, and do Genesis or Exodus later because we don't have too long anyways. Have the conversation. And, and you guys have heard me talk about uh, how many Christian cars there are in Big Bear. You know, there's a lot more Christian cars than there are Christian people in this town. I mean, there's Christian cars everywhere. They must have gone to the Harvest Crusade and all got saved because they're driving down the road. We know that most of these cars are stolen. <laughs> this is a true story. At least it was told to me as a true story. There was... There was this person who was just driving like, you know, just not doing really good. And a cop pulled them over and, and, and they were really hard with them and said, show me the registration. I believe this car is stolen. And they said, why do you think this car is stolen? He says, because you flipped off two people driving down here. You were driving like, an, uh, like a crazy person. And on the back of this car is honk if you love Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus is the only way. I figured that the Christian who owned this car was not driving it. It must be stolen because a Christian would not act like you're acting. You know, you ever see that, that yeah. you know, you ever see the bumper sticker on a car and then you see, and it doesn't, it doesn't equal? <laughs> We're going to be getting bumper stickers for the Journey Church. Don't put it on your car if you're going to drive bad. <laughs> put on a watchtower sticker or something. <laughs> Live your life and let it be true through and through as a believer. So don't Put on a shirt that talks about God and be ungodly. Don't wear a godly hat and then be ungodly. Now, we're not perfect, but, you know, this like, and, and he even told me that, that he thinks about it and other people, it's people want to act a little bit different when, when, when they see something like that. It's been when they wear it, it's like, I want to, it's like wearing a uniform. It's like, you know, when you put on a uniform, you have to, to, to live like the uniform represents some of you have, we all have all heard stories, but very few of us have actually probably really met the, the officer, the policeman, or the military person in uniform that really did not exemplify it. But if you have, it rang a really big bell in you. You remember that like that. That was not true. He was, he was not consistent in the uniform as he should have been representing law enforcement or the military things stand out. Guys, we have a uniform on all the time. And, and do we represent what God wants us to be through and through? I think I've told you the worst the worst uh, 
uh, what's the opposite of compliment? The opposite of a compliment. I'm sorry, I can't even think of that. Insult. Thank you. Lost the word. The worst insult I actually ever had in my life. I've been I've been called some bad names. The worst insult was I was in high school and I was trying to love Jesus, but it was tough. And sometimes I'd I'd, I'd do the things of the world because I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be cool. It never happened. I should have given up a long time ago. But I wanted to be liked, and so I'd do things that that I shouldn't have. And 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 I didn't always live my Christian example. There's times I was witnessing like crazy, but there's other times I was drinking and doing some things I shouldn't have been doing. And there was a person who I'd known in the classroom and in and, and some places, and they found out I was a Christian. And they said, I didn't know you were a Christian. And that was the worst insult I ever had. Because they should have. My life was not exemplifying my God. The best way to make God make America godly is to be godly yourself to be following him living the way he wants you to live saying no to ungodliness and pressing directly into him it's difficult but he says he's going to give us the Holy Spirit to do it it's not about being perfect or being fake you know I I, I appreciate that, that some of the compliments I get for my preaching, it's really never about my intelligence. It's never about my good looks. But it has been about you're real. You seem really authentic. And it's because I'll sit up here and I'll tell the, my bad stories. I'll talk about my failures. I'll talk about my kids' failures. Not, 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 not to make fun of them or make light of myself, but to say we're all human. We're on a journey. We're not perfect, but we're, tr- we're, we're trying to serve our Jesus. And I'm looking out here, and I don't see any perfect people. If you are, you probably belong in a different church because we're not a perfect church. I love what Believer's Chapel for their church says. The, their, their motto for their church is the perfect church for those who aren't. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Say every church is that, the perfect church for those who aren't. And we're not perfect, but we want to love Jesus. We want to we be people who allow God to move in our lives and actually convict us of sin. I've been saved. Well, I, I got saved at, at a really young age, but I, I, I didn't really do anything until like about 15 years old I came back to the Lord. And believe it or not, in between my getting saved at 8 and 15, I did a lot of bad stuff. Um, when I came back, Lord, at 15, so I'm almost 50 now. So it's been 34 years I've, I've walked with Jesus and I've seen things happen. And one of the things I've seen is that the church has tried to become relevant, more relevant to the world. And that's, that's good. Relevance is good. But in the process of becoming relevant, many times we step over a line and become just like the world. We're not supposed to be like the world, but we are supposed to be relevant to the world. And sometimes you can't tell the difference between a Christian and somebody who's not a Christian in any part of their life other than on Sundays they're in church. And I think that, that we're supposed to be a little different. In fact, the word church in the Greek is ecclesia, or ecclesia is probably better. And if you speak Spanish, you go, that kind of sounds like the Spanish word for church. Exactly, iglesia, ecclesia. And ecclesia... Ecclesia means to be called out. It's the called out ones. 
as Christians, we're supposed to be called out from the world. We're supposed to live a little different. When we're talking about Moses, Moses was called out. And he was, he was supposed to be called out even from being raised as a prince of Egypt to make a difference and to be the deliverer of his people, and he was. He was called out. He was different. He was called out from even his own people. Are, are you different? Bible say, but interesting, the Bible tells a lot of things about us. It says that we're strangers here in this place, that this world is not our home. There was an old band I used to love called uh, Petra. They had a song called Not of This World. And, and, and it was just a reminder, we're not of this world. It says that our citizenship is in another place. Our citizenship. We have all met people from other countries. In fact, it's kind of fun. People watching. Who likes to people watch? I love to people watch. And, you know, I think you can, pe- you, you can people watch and actually um, make uh, d- judgments, if you will, and I don't think it's necessarily bad. You can watch people the way they do things, though sometimes uh, with the amount of cameras around their neck, and you might believe that they might not be from the United States, that they might be from an Asian country, right? You're like, oh, Pastor Rob, I can't believe you're going there. But there are some things because they come, and, and uh, there's just things about their culture that, that bleed over, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, come on, when you go to another country, you look like a foreigner. Don't be mistaken, Okay? People watch it. It's, it's kind of fun. And, and you can get to know, you're like, oh, you know what? I don't think they're from here. Somebody walks up and says, um, I need to go to the fifth floor. Where's the lift? Oh, they're from Europe. They're from England, right? Their citizenship is not from here. They look like me, but they're different. They have a different culture and different meanings. If you know any from England, you would never call them a little bugger. Those giggles you heard were from people who know people from England. That's a horrible, that's a bad thing to say. You go, really? Yeah. They're different. Are you? Are you different? Are you allowing God to be your king? And are you living according to his customs for you? Ambassadors, we're also called that we're ambassadors for Christ. And I, I will admit that this could be wrong information, and, and you can come and correct me, and then I'll, I'll correct it. But what I've heard about ambassadors is that when an ambassador goes to the foreign country, they actually live like they are living in their country of origin. They, they eat the food of the country of origin a lot of the time because they are a representation, not of their new country, but of their primary country, their country of citizenship, their country of origin. They are an ambassador to this nation for us to see what their nation looks like right here. In fact, I was told that if an ambassador begins to look too much like the country he is living in, they call him home. And they say, you are no longer a good example. We're going to call you home because you're not representing the country very well. The Bible says you're an ambassador for Christ. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. How you doing? Do you look different enough? Or do you think after I just said that, that you're lying looking around wondering if God is going to call you home? He, he needs to maybe call some of us home, and maybe the home is just back to until where we can get straightened out again and say, God, I want to represent you, not myself, in this world because I'm not from this world. 
Because this world doesn't need a whole bunch of intelligent people and good philosophers and funny people and loving people and nice people. This world needs people who can represent Jesus to a lost and dying world that needs salvation, that needs Him. More than a, a funny sermon or a friendly person, this world needs Jesus. It needs salvation. And we're it. And it was never the pastor's job or just the evangelist's job to tell others about Christ. It's all of our responsibility. But the best way, I had this conversation with Bishop Abel last night. He came to my birthday party. It was fun. Bishop Abel from Kenya, Africa. He, after most everyone left, we were sitting around. He says, I'm not going to try to do his accent. I love his accent. But he says, Pastor Rob, he says, in this nation, what's the best way to do outreach? Like, he gets right down to brass tacks. Mickey. It, was, it was a fun conversation. You know, and, you know, I'm, I'm the pastor. I need to have the answer. I thought about that. And, he, and, he, and it gave me some time. He says, you know, because in Africa, he says, we can just put on music, and if it's good music, we'll draw a crowd, and we can preach. And I went, I remember those days in this country that all you had to do was put on good music, huh, D? You just have a concert, a Christian concert or something, you get people to flood in and they would listen, they'd hear the gospel, maybe they'd get saved. It doesn't happen like that anymore. I mean, honestly, if you go to any, any decent-sized church in America today, the music that they're putting on is, is as good, if not better, than any music that's happening in any club on any Friday or Saturday night. I mean, it's, there's some amazing music and, and stuff happening. There's even churches that do flashing lights and smoke, and that's, that's not getting anybody saved. There's, not, there's maybe nothing wrong with that, but we, we have everything in this country. That doesn't do it. And so I said, what is the best way for outreach? And, and I just said, I really believe it's this. It's one person having influence in one person's life and inviting them to church or inviting them with them to the Bible study or inviting them into their life so they can share Christ. It's one on one. You know, sure, every once in a while we have, uh, we have Facebook and Google, and I, I want to encourage you because people do find us that way. If you know how to do it, rate the Journey Church. Go on there and rate, hey, great place to, a uh, great church. Please don't use the word little. Just don't say, yeah, it's a great, it's a nice little church. Just, just leave out the word little and say it's a great church if you think so. Because people will find us that way. And some people have found us that way. But the, they'll come, whatever. But the majority of people are, are coming because somebody invited them. And they're not going to come with you to hear about God here if your life is, is a wreck and you're not a representation of it. They'll say, well, pff, yeah, why do I want to go there? You're a wreck. Look what it's done for you. I'll stay away. But if they see someone who's changing, not perfect, but changing. You ever, you ever met somebody who is big, fat, heavy, whatever you want to say, robust, and they started losing weight? You start paying attention. You go, wow. So if you start off at 400 pounds and you drop to 320, sorry, you're still heavy. Unless you're like seven foot, you shouldn't weigh 320 pounds. But you're on, on the right path, aren't you? And people notice it. And they go, wait, what are you doing? Well, I'm eating better. I'm doing yoga, whatever it is. Wow, really? 
And we start going, maybe I should do that too. Why? Because we saw them go from 400 to 320, and they're still a mess. Well, see, and they might go, yeah, I'm doing these things, but yeah, last night I ate two full pizzas and a, cup, and a pack of ding-dongs. You know, I fell off, but tomorrow I'm back at the gym. And we watch them, and they're moving. They're moving towards their goal. Move towards the goal of Christ. Move towards him who wants to live in, in and through you and perfect you. And when you fall down, get back up again and let him have his way in your life. Don't fake it till you make it. Let him live in and through you and help you to make it and be an example. So we can begin to make America godly again one by one. Make a difference in your family. You know, I've heard so many stories, and these are great. These are great stories, and people go, "There's something different about you." You know, hopefully, it's because you don't look exactly like the world. You know, you might have you might have a barbecue. You might go to a barbecue where everyone's drinking, and you just don't drink. I'm not saying you can't drink, but maybe. And they just, and they go, Ben, there's something different. You're just, you're here. You're, but I noticed you weren't drinking. Why? Well, you know, I just, I don't need alcohol to make me fun. Maybe different than the world. You know, God's done something in my life. I used to drink and I don't want to drink anymore. Whatever your story is, because God set me free. I want to preach a whole nother message because I spent time preparing it, but I'm going to wait. God called his people out of Egypt, led them into the promised land to be a, a peculiar nation. One of the things we're going to get, and I'm just going to give this as a, as a broad thing, the Old Testament, I'm going to just ask this, and this is, if you've read the Old Testament and kind of went, what? <laughs> About some of the things you've read in the Old Testament. Would you raise your hand? Okay. I think most of us. There's stuff in there like, okay, God, did he just really say utterly destroy everybody there? Did he really just say that? And I, 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 would, I think with most of us as Christians, like, I don't know what to do with that, so we just don't. Well, I don't know what to do with that. There was a reason. I preached this when I did Joshua. Because he was trying to set apart his people and, and let the world see that they were supposed to be different. And he knew that, that too much influence from the world would make them just like the world. Well, we're going to find out in the book of Exodus and we, as, we, as we go on. We're, we're barely going to touch it, but it goes on especially into the book of Joshua as they begin to settle in the world, that in, into their promised land, that every time they allowed the world into their culture, it divided them, and it made them more like the world and less like God. We need to, we need to be in the world, but not of the world, the Bible says. In the world, but not of the world. Be peculiar, and it, you don't have to be weird. Leave that for me. But you do have to be a peculiar person. Someone who says, you know, I don't do everything the world does. I don't need to anymore. My God has set me free. And I'm not going to judge you for doing it, because God never told me to be your judge. But he did tell me that I can't live like that anymore. And you'll be, a, you'll be amazed at the fact that you can have a friendship with somebody who lives totally countercultural to you. That you can make a difference in their life just by living a godly life. 
wasn't my message, but I think it was a message from the Lord for me and hopefully for us today. And some of you might be going, I don't know how to do that. That's why you're supposed to be in a life group. That's why you're supposed to be with a group of believers to learn how to grow, to be reading your Bible, to say, God, how do you want me to live in this world? I'll help you do that. Find another mature Christian that will help you on your path. It's not about being perfect, but it's about moving towards Christ. Let's, let's close in prayer. God, you have purposed each of us to be here today. God, you have caused most everyone in this room to be born in this country and, to, and, and you've caused us to live here today. God, we want to be an example to the kingdom of God where we're at. In our school, in our work, in our family, everywhere we go. To our coworkers, to our brothers in arms. God, I pray that you would challenge each of us to grow closer to you, to be yielded to, to you and to your word and let the word convict us of our sin and lead us into godliness and lead us into the lifestyles that you desire us to walk. And I pray that we'd have confidence to do that. God, I pray that whether we wear a hat or the shirt or not, that we would live in you, that people would begin to say, there is something different about you. And we could not shrink back in that, but actually say, Jesus has made a difference in my life. God, I pray that right now that nobody is condemned in this room. I, I pray against condemnation, for there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But I do pray that and welcome conviction. As if you're moving in someone's heart and convicting them of something that you are saying, it's time for you to step away from this practice, or I want to heal you from this addiction, that they would step into everything that you have to be changed more and more into reflecting who you are and, and less of who we are. Bless us today. God, and I want to just personally bless this congregation for loving me and my family so well. God, I thank you uh, for, for the, the gift of, of this body that has been in my life. Bless us all today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love one another.